Ready to get tested. Monster! Approved. That's the last one because we're done with October, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the last one. Okay, so I won't ever do that again. Really? Oh, I don't know about really, but maybe. Yeah, so that's the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's the last one for October. Um, so, yeah, like we were saying, welcome back to Kid Tested, Monster Approved. Uh, normally, show is Kid Tested, Mother Approved, but we're doing a special theme for all of October. So, uh, what we do is a weekly podcast where each week we pick a theme, and then we, or we're given a theme, and then we pick a movie for each other to watch based on that theme, and sometimes we like it, and other times we don't. Right, exactly. And this week's theme, well, it could really have two titles. Yeah. You, well, right? it could have a couple so I, it fits I, a lot actually okay no what i was gonna say is the stephen king stephen, stephen king, king was, was theme, the theme but, but... oh who's talking you or me oh you say it i don't care <laughs> no i'm not gonna talk now <laughs> okay finally <laughs> really because you know because that that's one thing that people say when they when they critique our shows you know who doesn't talk enough ruben ruben <laughs> yeah. doesn't talk enough i don't think that's what they say um, um anyway they're both done by Rob Reiner, which you and I both didn't know that. No, I think I kind of forgot that Rob Reiner did Stand By Me, and I only thought that he did fun, lighthearted movies. Like Harry Met Sally yeah. and all those kind of movies. And then when I started my movie up and it was like directed by Rob Reiner, I was like, what? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, also if you listen, we usually switch off. One of us goes first and the next together. Um, because these are both directed by Rob Reiner, and they actually kind of correlate. Mom's gonna go well because your my movie happened because your movie happened. Oh, that's right. That's what you were telling me. Um, okay. Mom's actually gonna go first, and then that way we'll go in the chronological yeah order. Okay, so my movie was Stand by Me, mm-hmm. which came out in 1986. It had Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, and then Hello Kiefer Sutherland and John Cusack. Wait. You gave it away. I was going to say that next. Well, you were saying all the people. I know. I was. He was going to be next. Oh. Um, yeah. And so, and the other people, but those were the, like the main ones. So Kiefer Sutherland playing a bad guy. Which he is, always plays a bad guy, in my opinion. Um, so Lost Boys, he was a bad guy. He's the same character. Pretty much. He is definitely the same character in Lost Boys as he is in this movie. Not, now, we, no, need, no, no. we need to preface this. Yeah. Not literally, because Stephen King does that a lot. Like, this character actually is in Needful Things as well. Uh, he's not in Needful Things the movie, but he's in Needful Things the book. Okay. Um, so we're going to be mentioning, oh, this character a lot. Right. But Lost Boys isn't done by No, Stephen Lost King. Boys it's is a completely different... punk kind of... 80s. It's got Corey Feldman in it too, right? Yeah. Yes, but this doesn't have... Oh, yes. I get the That's... Corey's mixed up. Yeah, this is Corey Feldman, not Corey Haim. Yeah, I get the Corey's mixed up. Yes, it does. Um, the 80s were about Corey Feldman. Yeah, they were. And some of the early 90s. Okay, so we're off track. Sorry. <laughs> Do you think he'd ever make an appearance in Stranger Things? He's kind of like the guy that they'd need to get just for like a, uh, yeah. a scene what? or just he like an episode. He needs to be Winona Ryder's boy, the mother's boyfriend. She's got another new boyfriend. I haven't, I've only seen three episodes of the it's show. It's Sean Astin. Uh, the other kid from The Goonies. Uh, oh, Okay. See, I, I don't Sam, think I've ever Sam seen... Sam from Lord... You don't know. I don't uh, Rudy? Yeah, I know Rudy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, 1986. I don't know why I never saw this movie. Right? I, I, I never saw this movie before. <laughs> I, was, I even asked you a couple times, why did I not see this movie? I, so originally, I wasn't alive. <laughs> I know. Originally, I thought it came out in 84. So, okay, I was in senior in high school. came out in 86. 
I would have been in college. I don't understand why I didn't see this movie. And it has John Cusack. A teeny little John Cusack, but yes. I mean, a teeny little it's role. It's weird that they minimized him, and he's a little... <laughs> he's I'm from John Cusack. He's a half an inch tall. No, he's got a very, very small part. As a dead kid. With a dead brother. Yeah. Well, I would say, don't give it away, but... If I didn't see it, I think maybe other people didn't. I don't know why I didn't see it. I think maybe. I, I they... think this is an anomaly. I feel like a lot of people have seen this, yeah, and it's know. almost weird that you, you of all people, haven't. Right, because yeah. hello, amazing cast. I think the only reason why maybe I didn't see it is because it was Stephen King, and I don't do scary. Yeah. But this wasn't scary. No. It wasn't. It was a great film. Oh, I just gave it away, but. It's a great, the neighbors are honking. Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, Stephen King. Yeah, it's a great film. Let's see, what else was I going to say about it? Um, that's it. I'm done. No, I'm just okay. kidding. So basically, it's a story about these four boys kind of growing up, kind of going into junior high, like, yeah. They, they say, they keep mentioning they're going into junior high next year, but I know that junior high is weird. They could either be going into sixth grade or seventh grade. You know, because some right. junior highs are seventh, start right. seventh. So, so kind of that end of elementary school onto the next chapter. There's spend- gee, would you say this is an '80s coming of age film? Yes, I would. <laughs> yes, I would. But except it takes place in 1950 something. So do most '80s coming of age films. Anyway, sh- I'm talking. Okay. <laughs> I also love the music. Music is so good. Great. They, I, I kept singing through most of it because it's all music that I knew and I, yeah. you know, I love. So, anyway, so coming of age, they're kind of just trying to kind of hang out and be boys, stinky boys, like they do, like boys are. And then apparently they hear this rumor about this kid that was murdered. He's just dead. He wasn't murdered. Oh, he was just dead. But okay. he, was hit, he was hit by a train. Oh, got it. He okay. wasn't murdered. I was like. Oh, because I, anyway, I'll go back, I'll go ahead of that. Yeah, yeah. He, um, so they decide that they're going to find him because he's missing, and then they're going to be heroes, and I... Well, Vern hears his brother talking about the body. I was still going to... Well, you said they were going to find him. That wasn't their... Okay, so they, so go ahead. They were not, well, they weren't going to find an alive child. No, they knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the way you made it seem is that they were going to go look for this missing boy. No, which, they no, were they were going to go look at a dead body. Well, what I was going to say is, I was going to say the chubby one. Is the chubby one's name Vern? It's Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, who definitely is not chubby now. Um, no, he's... I, I mean, I wouldn't say he's, like, cut. He's very gaunt in his face. So he's normal. Yeah, but I'm just <laughs> he, saying, he, he grew up. Yeah, he I know. normaled out. Right. Anyway, so then he just... Um, they're going to go find the body, and then they're going to get a news crew, and they're going to be famous. And my favorite, one of my favorite things in this movie is the chubby boy. I don't know any Vern, of their names. Vern. Vern. He brings a comb. <laughs> so when they're on TV, they'll look good. Because, <laughs> you know, that's important. So they all lie to their folks, and they tell them they're going camping in the field. So, okay, so then they head off, and it's... There's, an, let's see, they have to, they're cutting through to save time. So they go through this junkyard, which is really funny to me. And it's all scary because the man is, is really scary. And he's got a scary dog and he tells the dog to hurt the boys in the private place. Yeah, there's a rumor that the dog knows specific anatomy. So when the, the junkyard guy says sick and then any body part, the He'll dog do knows to attack that body part. So they're kind of hiding out in the junkyard because it doesn't open. Till three. Or something, yeah. And then all of a sudden they get hungry and realize that everybody brought weird stuff, but nobody brought food, and they have like two bucks. So then Gordo, 
Gordy. Gordy, Gordy. Gordy. He goes to um, get some hamburger. And then when he... Yeah, hamburger. Yeah, I didn't realize what he... I thought it was just lunch meat. No, it was hamburger. Yeah, totally. Because they, like, cooked it or something. Yeah. So, anyway. So, and then that's when we really get to hear about uh, the brother and how he... Did, but I don't know how... I don't think I really ever... Finished. Car accident. Oh, got it. I didn't... Did they say that? Mm -hmm. Oh, I must have missed out. I nodded off a little bit again. <laughs> that happens to me when I watch it during my lunch. So, they... Um, they cut through this junkyard, and like I said, so, oh, here comes the dog, and they jump over the fence, or they try to jump over the fence, and Gordy's the last one. He barely makes it, and then they show the dog, and it's like a golden retriever. I mean, And it's, it's adorable. It's so cute, and they're like, <laughs> Pause. Okay. We forgot to mention who plays adult Gordy at the very beginning. We didn't, because I'm saving it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah, because I, I was gonna wrap it up because yeah. basically the way the movie really starts you're right and i should have mentioned it is that um it's adult gordy sitting in a car and he has just read um an article about i'm not gonna tell that part but yeah. about one of the one of the boys um as an adult and he is played by richard dreyfus who <sighs> wonderful phenomenal actor and he's just the narrator in this movie but like man. but but a perfect person to play yeah. The adult version. So, the, so let's see. What else happens? Oh, so then the boys are going. The boys are going. And then they decide it'd be much faster if they walk the train tracks. Well, apparently the chubby one can't walk straight up. So, He's nervous. So he has to crawl. And then all of a sudden the train is coming. And he, he just can't hardly even do anything. And they just, um, Gordy and the little chubby one... Just, Call him Vern. I can't remember their name. You see, you keep calling the other one Gordy. Well, isn't that his name? Yeah. So you remember his name? I know. Okay, because it's Will Wheaton. Yeah. Just call him Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. They're trying. And Will Wheaton and Jerry O'Connell almost get knocked over by the train. And they don't. So then they keep going. They're, that's a really good way to put it. They <laughs> almost get knocked over by a train. And, Oopsies. Yeah. <laughs> they run over or whatever. So, but there's also a lot of side storylines. You find out about River Phoenix's family. They all have I'm pretty just, messed up families. I'm, yeah, they do. And, and they're all, I think coming of age is a really good way to describe it because they're all going through these little parts of their life and, and you get to see little parts of each person. Corey Feldman, he's got a horrible Oof. dad who was really abusive to him. And Corey Feldman's off a little bit. Um, you can just tell that he's off a little bit. But I love that he wants to be like his dad. Right. And his dad went to the loony bin. or That's what the the junkyard guy yells at me. Like, I know who all of you are, and your dad's a lunatic and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he stormed the beaches of Normandy. Like, you need to respect him. Well, granted, it's not that polite. But, like, it's this whole thing that he he was a soldier, and I want to be just like him. But that also comes with the negativity. Right, exactly. And then Chris who was played by River Phoenix, he mm -hmm. had some issues, and then we get to find out more about Will Wheaton's life and how. It's just, it really was heartbreaking to me. There's one scene where John Cusack is the older brother. He was amazing. And the father didn't like the little brother. No, he doesn't. And he doesn't, nothing's right, nothing's, and he just says, why does my dad hate me? And I'm just crying. It was very sad. But, um, and then you've kind of got this side lore. He's an amazing storyteller, though. Oh. What? So the rest of the program will be done by Ruben, who keeps jumping ahead. 
What? I mean. I know. I was just okay. No, say. no. I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna stare at you. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm gonna do what you do. I'm just gonna do visual gags. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, because you didn't let me finish. Okay, keep going. So, because well, I was gonna say that at one point they're sitting around the fire. I'm standing around. I'm turning away from my microphone now. They are. Get yourself in the microphone. One, this is a great film. We want people to know this is a great film. And I think the only one that didn't know that was you. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. So, but I did want to say, so first let's backtrack a little bit. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the page. Lots of bad language. Lots of teenage boy naughtiness. Half of it I didn't even understand what they were saying. I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about, but whatever. They're doing my favorite 80s thing of like, you're a fart-licking gobstopper. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like stuff that's like, if a kid now said that, he would just get punched right in the mouth. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. So at one point, they're all sitting around the fire, and they want... Um, Gordy. Gordy Will we, to tell him a story. And it co- you come to find out, okay, he's not athletic like his brother. He's not how his brother was. But even his brother knew that Gordy was a great storyteller and a great writer. And he knew he would be amazing. He even tried to tell his mom and dad that. Mom listened. Dad didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start to tell this story about this pie-eating contest. It was gross. <laughs> it was basically about this kid who wanted to get back at everybody. Because Al called him fat. Well, because well, his... A very specific name, but... Yes. It was lard ass. What? Did you just say it? I did. No, yeah, so that's the whole story. But again, it's told by a teenage boy, so yeah. they're going to say that. So it was lard ass. I'll say it. <gasps> it's fine. Uh, Explicit warning on this episode. No, please. Adults only. No, I'm sorry. Oh, gosh, maybe you should take that out. <laughs> no, Mom, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, sorry. Um. Anyway, so the story, and then he wants to get back at the whole town, and he... Drinks alcohol and does something else. Is it alcohol or is it? I thought it was like, like not I almost said chloroform, not chloroform, like um, canola oil. Oh no, I was thinking it was like booze or something. To it, it said what it was on the bottle. Yeah, I remember. so something gross to upset his stomach, and then he gets in a pie eating contest, mm-hmm. and then he eats a bunch of pies. He's winning, he's winning, and then what does he do? Because hello, his stomach is little. He throws up. And again, this is all just the story from mm-hmm. Gordy. And then everybody starts throwing up. And the boys listening to the story think this is the greatest story. And then Gordy just ends. And they're like, what do you mean you just end? It can't end that way. It has to. And then they keep going. So go ahead. Uh, I love my favorite part about that. Well, the two things I loved about that scene. Okay. The very, very obvious hoses right. behind anyone that did major projectile vomiting. Yeah, they wasn't. And then anyone that did little projectile vomiting, you could tell it was just... They just spit what was ever in their mouth on people. Yeah. It, and the second thing is the chubby kid was clearly in this ridiculous fat suit. Yes. Like, because it, it was just like, all right, just stuff some up on his chest. It's like, that's not how human anatomy works. Exactly. And, like, he fell and it looked like he was on pillows or, like... Right. It was like... Burp. Yeah. So, no, it's good. And then um, but then there's also the side storyline of the bad guys, which is Kiefer Sutherland plays Ace, I think is yeah, his name. Yeah, Ace. He's the, he is the... Um, the head bad guy, and they like play baseball, male base baseball. So they drive down the street and they whack the mailboxes. And then I guess I don't know if you miss three, then you're out and it's somebody else's turn. So one of the brothers is they were. I feel like all of them except for somehow yeah except for well two of them then the uh, Vern and Corey no. No. No, Vern was one of the brothers because and, that's how they heard about it. And then Corey Feldman too, right? Uh, no, I think Chris's 
one of Chris's brothers was. Yeah, the you're, other right, one. you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, so these are the older boys, and so finally, let's just say the younger boys find the body, mm-hmm. and they show it, and they do, and it's it's okay. You know, it was it wasn't super gross, but it was okay. Nah, it was a di- but how I, much do you think that kid got paid? Probably not very much, just to lay there. Uh, do you think he like still tells people? I was the I was see that yeah I don't know. Like It'd be interesting to do something. Like he's on like a date and it's like that's his like opening line, like always <laughs> like hey you watch movies, I'm in Stand by Me like oh which one are you are you Jerry O'Connell? No I'm the dead kid. Yeah I'm the dead better than the puker kid. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay so anyway, so then the boys decide that the best thing to do is to build a stretcher to bring out the body. I think that they realize that it's really serious, and mm-hmm. I think it kind of stopped being about being themselves, the heroes. And then who shows up? Bum, bum, bum! The bad guy. The why, bad why did a good noise play when they showed up? I don't know. So, wah, wah. <laughs> um, The bad The Aflac duck was there. <laughs> Apparently. No. The bad guys came, and they want to... F- they want to take the credit and they want to be heroes and he uh ace tells i see i'm forgetting the names again ace tells gordy move you gotta get out of the way two of the boys have already ran away Vern and cory feldman for Vern and cory feldman and um he's like no you're gonna have to kill no it wasn't no it was chris it was chris it was chris sorry it was chris and he said no you're gonna have to kill me first so uh Kiefer sutherland takes out his little switchblade knife and goes and here comes will wheaton with a gun Boom! and he's like the gun that we've previ- it's previously established they have this they it's, have it didn't that. just we, come out of nowhere no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. we knew they had it because for protection and so they th- he, he tells them to go away and Kiefer sutherland threatens them says you guys are next you're gonna get it but they go away and i'm almost to the end of the movie and That's then funny. they decide that the best thing to do kind of out of kindness and respect is to they kind of cover him up and then they call anonymously and report it so there's Nobody no heroes takes the credit, yeah. yeah it's just because i don't know i think they just realized he didn't look to be much older than them no he, he and i think the book explains it more he probably would have been one of their friends exactly so um and then it kind of ends the movie ends where um Vern and Corey Feldman they kind of don't see them anymore and he and Chris are friends for a while and then life just happens. But it does explain, too, what happens to Vern and Corey Feldman. Is yep, Vern, Vern goes on and becomes a dad and has kids and does all that. And Corey Feldman kind of stays Corey Feldman. Yeah, he just kind of he tries to get into the military several they don't times let him. and he can't get him in. And so he just kind of... Goes to jail for a bit and he does odd jobs around the town. Right, and then Chris... Chris was always kind of the hero guy. You know, that he was a hero, and that's what happened well, to him at the end, and the, he lost his life. Yeah, but there's also, I mean, there's a whole thing, too. The, there's a whole subplot in the movie of Chris saying, you're better than us. Right. To Will Wheaton, you're better than us. You're Gordy. You, you, I got to protect you because you're better than us. You can right. do this. They definitely have that really close And friendship. Gordy says, you can do this with me. You don't have to. And they did. Didn't yeah. they go to college well, together for They a did while? the college prep courses, and, and Chris fought it. And he goes, because Gordy explains, Chris was a fighter, and. And so, yeah, so then ultimately he dies. Being um, a hero. Being a hero. Two guys are getting in a fight in a fast food restaurant. He tries to stop it. One guy stabs him in the neck. Yeah, and he dies instantly. So, and then um, Gordy becomes a famous writer. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, right? So, th- anything else you want to add? Do you think they could remake this movie now? I don't think they should. I think they should just put a little bow on it. And but, leave like, it. I mean, like, 
I really feel like it is going to spur on, like with it doing so well, yeah. it's going to spur on more uh, Stephen King remakes. This one needs to just be left alone. But I don't think it would be good. I think That's they got right. lucky That's... with it. This wouldn't be good. No, just leave it alone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this um, was, what they should do is re-release this one. That would be cool. In theaters or do a box set or do something to celebrate this movie. I almost said to celebrate it. I didn't mean it that yeah. way. Well, I mean, it's... I mean, have you even seen the original It? I've seen no It's because oh. I don't do It. It's very similar. Okay. Um, It's a coming-of-age story about teenage boys. Wait, but it wasn't It a TV movie? Yeah. Okay, no, no, no. I was <laughs> no, just I, checking. I, that's, that's why what it's I not thought. so great. Pe- okay. People, okay, here's the thing. When this new It came out, everyone was like, it's not going to be better than the original because Tim Curry is so good. He is good. He's Let's great. Let's give him that. But the, he's great. The original It, not, not so, so good. good. Oh, okay. Well, then there There's this go. whole weird scene of like two adult men riding bicycles around for a couple minutes for kind of no reason. Maybe it's Stephen King's family members or something. No, no, no. They're the main characters in the movie. Oh, oh I thought you were just a random... <laughs> just some two dudes. Um, so, okay. Um, let's see. Anything else about Stand By Me? So, Stand By Me is based on a novella yes. called The Box. I love Bo- that word. Novella? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. I love that word. It's based on a novella by Stephen King, obviously, called The Body. Yes. Obviously. That makes sense. Oh, that's something. Did you notice the soundtrack, like the score? No. Most of the score was just a really slowed down version of Stand By Me. Oh, I did notice it a couple of times. I'm like, wait a minute. Which I was cool. Singing, yeah, I, was I like, thought that was minute. really cool. Yeah, it, was good. it was a really cool, like, every, orchestral. Every part of this movie, except the bad language. You know, if, if I had to recommend it, I would tell people. Don't like the bad language? <sighs> I know. I know. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Mom doesn't like the bad language. We'll talk about this in a little bit. So, so, so the bad language is the worst part, Mom? Okay, all right. So sometimes I do like movies with bad language, but I just like to let other people know, I'm 51. I can make my own choices. What if somebody's never seen these movies before, and then I, they go off my recommendation, and then I don't say, hey, it's got bad language in it. Okay, so I also do want to... I, I noticed something. What? Now, during, growing up, we all do stupid things, and we all say stupid things. No, no, just hold on. Just hold on. You'll okay. see where I'm going. Like, we say things that now, if you said it, it's like, you can't say that. Right. You cannot say that word. That's not okay to say. These kids, right. who are now adult men, right. is not just recorded, but, like, there's visual proof that they said these words. Yes, it was a job. And, right. But that's so weird to me. Huh. To, like, think of when I was a kid, if somebody was recording the dumb, horrible things now. When I'm a kid, I'm just like, ha, ha, this is okay to say. Right. It's now it's like, you can't. That's right, not exactly. okay. Right. And these kids are like, you look like this. It's like, oh, we're just rolling with it. Okay. Yeah. So. And you know what else I realized? Huh. Hypothetically, Jerry O'Connell, Corey Feldman, and Will Wheaton are all the same age. See, I was going to look that up because I think Will Wheaton is a little bit younger than all of them. Because I could say definitely Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, Connor, Connell. Um, no, I just meant, I think that, but I think when they were, what I meant to say was I think when they were filming it. Just by looking at them, all three of them looked to me to be about the same age. Well, Wheaton looked a lot younger. Then the next year, Will Wheaton went to Star Trek. The, the next Star- year? That's what I read on the Amazon thing, that that next year he started filming. And Star Trek was huge for him. Was huge for him. That was like but I really, huge thing. I mean, okay, wow, you're wrong. Am I wrong? Yeah. Okay, so how old Will was- Wheaton is 45. Okay. Corey Feldman is 46. Okay. Uh, Jerry O'Connell, 43. Oh, 
Oh, I yeah. Def- I definitely thought Jerry O'Connell was the youngest one for sure. Oh, yeah, no. I thought Will Wheaton was yeah. much younger. To me, Jerry O'Connell's face looked young. Oh, well, and what they, what in my Amazon Prime little notes, what they were saying, too, was that um, they filmed the train scene last, and you could tell because River Phoenix's voice was changing. And so it was deeper by the end than in the beginning. So, all right, should I rate it, or is there more to discuss? Rate it, and then I have a really interesting segue. Okay. Okay. Buy it. Buy it, buy it, buy really? it, buy it, buy it. Absolutely buy it. Really? Absolutely. What was the other one that I said buy it? I don't know, but this Tommy one... Tommy Boy. Yes. So, buy this one first. And then there was oh, yeah. another one that I really I'm liked sure. that said buy it. But yeah. this, yes, buy it. Really? Yes. No, I'm, yes. I loved John Cusack in this movie, just for a little bit, but it, because he was so not John Cusacky to me, because yes. he's just in it for a little bit. Right. There's been a couple of films where he just does these little bit parts, and mm-hmm. it's, he's really good. Um, there's another movie, I can't think of it. It's a baseball movie. Field of Dreams. No, 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 no. It's, and it was about the Chicago... Major League. No, it's a little film. Basketball. What's the one with Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna? That one. Not that one either. Never mind. So I'll think about it later. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, also, we're recording this on, what is it? October 28th. Yes. Stranger Things Season 2 came out yesterday. Yes. This is, I mean, if you go back and watch Stranger Things and then watch this, this is obviously, I mean, the Duffer Brothers, when they created Stranger Things, they wanted to do It, and they were like, you're nobodies, you can't do It. Um, it being the movie, not right. It isn't. And then they were like, all right, well, we'll do our own thing. We'll create our own thing. So they did. And, and now... It's very similar. It's very similar to It and to Stand By Me. It, it's these coming-of-age teenage boys. Um, right. But, so, Stand By Me. Yes. It, the book, or the novella. Yes. The body. Yes. Uh, in the book, it compares the dog, Chopper. Yes. To Cujo. Yes. So, uh, then... Frank Dodd, who is from another Stephen King uh, book in Cujo, he's mentioned in Cujo, I believe, as like a thing that people tell their kids about or whatever. Okay. I actually think it's, I don't remember, but it's one of those connections. So then Frank Dodd is connected to it because the Losers Club discusses Frank Dodd while having their reunion dinner, like when they're adults again. And then Eddie Kasbrack, who is one of the Losers Club, her mom discusses growing up next to Paul Sheldon in Derry. Paul Sheldon is the character from my movie this week, nice. Misery. Um, so right. that, that's the thing, too, is Stephen King does this really... I mean, we talked about it with Quentin Tarantino, and, of course, Marvel does it, and DC did it. I just didn't realize that so many people... This is just a common thing. Well, I really think that Stephen King is like... No pun intended, he's the king of it. He really is the king of interconnected universes. And, I mean, he has his whole sci-fi thing of the Dark Tower, which right. even brings all this other stuff in. But there's even, I think it's the Tommyknockers is some other Stephen King book where there's a there's rain going on. And I don't remember where they are, but one of the kids is, like, they're starting to see things. And one of the kids is like, did you see that clown in the drain? And they're like, we got to keep going. Like, don't, just just keep going, just keep going. And so it's... He does little nods to himself, but it all interconnects. There are characters that ref like. There's a whole theory that the kids in it actually have the shining, or have the shine from the shining, because huh. that's blah blah blah. It's it just goes on and on. Yeah, it's never it's, ending, it's insane. Continuing thing. Like I to try and just look at like I was just trying to figure it out and look it up and be like okay easy peasy. It's so in a good way. It's so convoluted and so like wait so this person's this and none of it 
contradicts itself either. Huh. Which is insane. Right. That's really cool. He spends a lot of time working on that. Like the, the, have you seen The Shining? Long time yes. ago? With Shelley Duvall and Jack, Jack Nicholson. So Han, Hal, Halloran or... He's the the guy that shows them the hotel. Yes. He actually served with Mike Hanlon's dad in the war. Mike Hanlon being the, one of the little boys from it. Huh. So there's so it's, it all goes. It wow, all connects. That's amazing. Which is insane. But that brings to my movie this week, which was Misery. Yay. Misery is a movie about mom. No, it's not. Please don't. Say okay. It. Here's the thing, though. And this is this is a good thing. This, this shows you how good Stephen King does characters, specifically also how Rob Reiner handles characters. Yes. They made you terrifying. <laughs> That's not me. But her whole positive, like... Yeah, but it's ha- creepy. I'm not creepy. Okay, but at first it's not. Okay. It, it's only a little creepy because we know she's lying. Right. But it's not really creepy. She's just kind of like, oh, wow. She's just kind of starstruck at first. And you're like, oh, maybe she's normal. And then it, you kind of instantly find out she's lying. I was going to say, you should instantly find out when she picks him up and carries him out of the snow because she was watching him. We don't know that immediately. Well. It, anyway. Okay. So I took some just a few notes. Okay. Well, wait. Can we talk about one thing real quick? Yeah, what's up? And you took a ton of notes. I know I did. Um. Let's talk about really quick. Can yeah. we talk about who is in it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do the whole mom spiel. Because I think so, it's important to know. Because I have, <laughs> remember, I have the notes. Oh, you have a lot of notes. Just this right movie there. came out in 1990, year I was born. It stars James Caan. Yes. And who, if I saw this when I was a kid, I would have confused him with Roy Schneider. Okay, he looks nothing like Roy Schneider, but you had told me that. And I can understand that, but you're wrong. No, I'm totally wrong now as an adult. Right. But, like, there's a couple times. This movie also, in a really weird way, felt like Jaws. Because it was the the monster constantly leaving and then thinking they're safe and go, 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 go. And then it reappears and then it reappears and then it reappears and then go, 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 go. And then reappears. And it kind of, she almost had a shark-like vibe around her. Circling and circling and circling. Um, yeah, that's, see, I never thought about that. And who plays the sheriff? I love Oh, him. I don't know. Richard Farnsworth. He's passed away, but what a great, yeah. he's a great character actor, too. Yeah, yeah, and, and okay, Ruben, um, I'll get there. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I just want to say No, that. Kathy Bates plays Annie Wilkes. Yes. It's you. Um, I have notes about that, too. Not that it's me, but, so Mary Tyler Moore really wanted to play her. Yeah. Um, and then Jessica Lange and Barbara Streisand were both. Yeah, Barbara Streisand would have been so strange to me. Yeah, I think Because so. Barbara Streisand isn't. Barbara Streisand's just kind of goofy, like in a good way. Right. Like, it wasn't Bette Midler also interested in it or something? Or I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, so, and then I have the list of the guys because James Conn was not the first choice. Right. It, oh, and I oh, have. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, I have why you went first this week, though. Oh yes, because. So let's see. Um, where is that note? No, not the substance abuse note. Okay, so Stephen King was a initial. No, not my. Stephen King's. <laughs> Stephen King talked about how this movie was actually about his substance abuse. Yes. Um, so Stephen King was initially reluctant to sell the film rights to Misery because he was skeptical that a Hollywood studio would, would make a movie faithful to his vision. However, King was impressed with one adaptation of his works, Rob Reiner's Stand by Me, and would only sell the rights if Rob Reiner was involved. Yep. Uh, whether directing or producing. And I think he did both. Rob Reiner did yeah, both. Yeah, he did both. Um, so, yeah. So, can I tell who, yeah, yeah. who do, turned do, it down? Do your big fat list of who turned it down or who was... Who you, was off... Well, who they was, all offered it to him and then they all said yeah. no. Yeah. 
Jack Nicholas Nicholson. Sorry, well, you know Jack what? He didn't want to do another Stanley. Another uh, no, not Stanley. He didn't want to do another Stephen King after the intensity that The Shining was. Right. So Jack Nicholas Nicholson. Nicholson. I keep giving it to the golfer. Warren Beatty, Robert De Niro, Michael Douglas, Richard Dreyfus, Harrison Ford. Morgan Freeman, uh, Mel Gibson. I Morgan think. Freeman is such an interesting turn for me on that one. That's, yeah. Mel Gibson, Gene Hackman, Bruce Willis, Robert Redford, Denzel, did I say Denzel? No, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington? Yeah. William Hurt, twice. They offered it to him twice, and he said no every time. So, I mean, I could see how they'd be like, oh, okay, you just give it to this guy. But he did. I thought James. Oh, Conn James Conn was awesome. Yeah, I could ima- couldn't imagine. Um, I love the idea of Robert De Niro as like a novelist. Yeah. Because <laughs> Robert De Niro does not. No. So all right, I'm gonna let you talk. Now. Um, Go especially. Ahead. So here's the thing, though. The books Misery, like the 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 fictional books, the Misery series. There's a series. No, the fictional series that, oh, that, that he was writing. Blah blah blah. Is like romance novels in the 1800s or whatever. Uh-huh. Imagine Robert De Niro writing 1800s romance novels. Like, right. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That's who's he going to choose? Um, yeah. So, anyway, um, where was I? Um, so, at the very beginning, he's uh, Paul... Paul? Yeah, yeah, Paul Sheldon. Paul Sheldon. He's leaving the wherever he stays to write his book. And I thought they were going to do a bit of foreshadowing. Because he picks up a snowball and throws it and says, still got it. And I went, that's going to be how they solve the climax of the movie. He's going to throw something, like, that's important. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was just a snowball. It was just a fun little look. He's kind of lighthearted. Okay. So keep going, because I'm, I'm going to... What's your, what's your interruption? No, no, not yet. You're not there yet. Um, I wrote, dude, just Doctor Strange, um, because there was a blizzard, and he was driving in it, and he fell off a cliff. Well, but here's the deal. Okay. You were driving a classic Mustang. And you are going to drive it when there's not even, you can't even see the road. I mean, you know, like a path of a road. I was just like, seriously, you would drive a, you'd be driving some big old SUV or a big truck with four wheel drive. You are not going to be driving a really classic, beautiful car mm-hmm. when the roads are, I mean, you can't even see the lanes or nothing. Yeah. Okay. So he crashes. Big time. And then we see somebody get him out. They break him out with a crowbar and they kind of pick him up and take him away. Yes. But then it kind of flashbacks to him being in an office talking to his publisher, who's Lauren Bacall. Yes. Um, Do you know who she is? No, but I know she's famous. So she was married to Humphrey Bogart. Oh, cool. And they, she was like 19, and he was in his 30s. Ew. Yeah, but they were married for quite a while. So. Um, oh, and then and she's the person that we just see steals his bag. Yes. Well, doesn't steal it, but pockets it. In her coat. Because um, we don't know it's a her yet, so just the code. Yeah. Uh, I then wanted to look up the Dark Tower because I wanted to know how this was connected. Because I was like, there's nothing supernatural about this one. And that's Stephen King's whole thing. Some are supernatural, some aren't. Right? This isn't supernatural at all. No. It's just a crazy lady. Right. Um, But so then, she the when he's meeting with the publisher, or she says, you're going to kill Misery or whatever. And they, ha- they have this conversation about how Misery's going to die. Right. Which is a great bit of foreshadowing. Yep. Um. And it kind of already makes Kathy Bates pretty creepy. Yes. Because of what's about to happen. Like, you know that there's going to be some issues. So, the first thing he's, he hears when he wakes up is, I'm your number one fan. There's nothing to worry about. I'll take care of you. Right. Which isn't inherently creepy. It's a little weird. 
and I'm a nurse. So that yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. Okay, she, yeah, okay. Fair point. She also finds out he's. Uh, he also finds out she's a nurse. She says, "My name is Annie Wilkes. I wrote that I thought she was lying. Huh? Um, about that. And then she's giving him some sort of pain meds. She says what it is. But it wasn't anything I'm familiar with. Like, it wasn't like, she was like, here's your Vicodin. You know, it was right, just... Right, it was some... I didn't know it either. And... It looked like Benadryl, but yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, well, it was a pill enough where you could pop it in right. half. Oh, uh, one thing the main tiles did was this really cool stop. This, like, fun, happy music was playing. Uh-huh. And then he crashes, and it just kind of stops. Oh, but yeah. But the titles are still happening, almost like it didn't stop. Like, it was, like, a really cool kind of, like, they kept going, but... And they were in red. Whatever. And they were creepy. Um, there. I had to add my creepy sound. So, oh, and then I, I also wrote down a couple times when I, th- I was, like... I She would say a line, and I wrote it down because I didn't trust it. Oh, okay. She said, phone lines are down. And I went, no, they're not. Oh. No, they're not. I'd see, I didn't remember. Um... And we see his legs. His legs are destroyed. Now, the only Academy Award this movie won, or was even nominated for, I, I think I was trying to look, and it looked like the only one was Kathy Bates. I, th- I think that screen adaptation, I think. Or whatever. Yeah, but I'm just saying, The yeah. makeup department needed it. it right? Th- I would like to know what they lost to if it was even a Academy Award at that time. Right. Because they lost. Like, they should, this was, a, whatever they lost to should have been amazing. Because this was, like, his his whole body just being destroyed was impressive. Okay, and this is how I knew she was lying. And this was a really, a really cool way to show very early in the movie that she's lying. The okay. agent calls the sheriff and the all these people that are the same guy. She's looking for the sheriff, but he's also this and this and this and this and this because it's a small town. Okay? And then the deputy comes in, who is his wife. What a cute little couple. I love that. Okay. The sheriff and the deputy are a literal old married couple. Hilarious. So cute. But it's really funny. That's where Robin Reiner kind of like comes through in this movie is the cute little old married couple that are the sheriff and the deputy that are literally an old married couple. Right. Is it... Can I jump ahead real quick? Uh, Hold on. No, this is a random thought, okay. but it's about Rob Reiner. Okay. Did you notice he was the helicopter pilot? I didn't. I only I only read about that after. I was like, that's Rob Reiner? Yeah, he was <laughs> that, right. and he said nothing. He just drove the helicopter, um, which was so, like, not a real helicopter. No, but that's how we found out she was lying without anyone saying she's lying, because what just happened? I don't know. The agent called the town, so phone lines are up, and oh, the wife yes. showed up. How did she get there? She didn't walk. Right, exactly. Roads are, roads are up, roads phone are lines up. are up, so... Right there, I was like, nope, 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 nope. Like, I knew that something, something, was, wrong. something was up. Because... Now, you, have never, you had never seen this before. No, I only know about the clubbing thing, though. That was okay. the only thing I knew. Oh, and <laughs> he goes, yeah, we'll look for, uh, I'll, the, the sheriff says, I'll put his name, I'll put Paul Sheldon's name in our system to, like, see if we get any leads. And he puts his name on a sticky note and puts it on, like, a cork board. Yep. Um, the blizzard is clearly over. Yes. Uh, because he even says the blizzard last Tuesday. Yes. She's being super, so she, then she's shaving Paul, like normally. Ooh, right. And she's being so creepy as he's got a blade to her neck, and he... Wait, as she has a blade to yeah, his yeah, neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and I just wrote, 
and she's talking about how much she loves the character of Misery, and Misery's the best, and blah, blah, blah. And I just wrote, she's going to be so pissed when he kills Misery. Right. Like... Yeah, because you knew because when the, she was reading it, and I'm just like, Ooh. Well, that that book just came out. The one that Misery dies. Right. Um, and she's like, I just bought it, and blah, 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 blah. And, um, and then he, and Paul says, when will the phone lines be up? And we already know that they're up, but he doesn't know that they're up. Uh, he trusts her because he's a good person. Right. But he's trusting the devil, essentially. Basically, like he, yeah. It, it, it's this kind of like falsehood of like, no, I'll save you and I'll protect you. And he's he thinks this is a good person that, that has taken me in and well, yeah. is a little weird, but whatever. Right. Um, so Buster's looking for him. Buster's the sheriff. Buster's the sheriff. I, I love his name is Buster. Uh, and then it might be later in uh-huh. the uh, the movie, but the sheriff and the deputy are riding together, and she puts she puts <laughs> his hand on his leg, and he said, "Yeah, leg. she puts her hand on his leg," and he says, "When we're work, you know, we're on the clock. I'm the sheriff. You're the deputy." And then she makes this cute little comment about how the the deputy would rather be snuggled in under the covers with the sheriff, and I was just like. I hope nothing bad happens to them. And then I realized it was a Stephen King movie. Exactly. Um, and it was cute. It really yeah, was. They, they're like, they're the quote unquote, like happiness in this movie. Is right. it really? And it's, it's funny because it's balanced really well. Right. It, it's not jarring. It's not someone who cannot do this, who cannot balance comedy and seriousness is Tyler Perry. Okay. But in like these Medea movies, right. I went and saw the Medea Halloween movie. Not good. I will not rant. I literally talked to mom about this movie for about 20 minutes um it was 13 minutes because you were taking me to work <laughs> um but he he's like okay and th- now we'll have the funny Medea plot line and now we'll have this really serious plot line and then back to funny Medea, and now very serious and it's this balanced it really well just the right hi- amount of comedy with a because a little it, bit because not too much comedy just no, enough no. to go okay we're okay for now he, and then boom. he's not a bumbling idiot no, but, but I'm just that, saying. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. If he was like, whoops, I slipped on a banana. Like, right. be like, get this idiot off the screen. But he's competent. He's competent enough and he's trying to figure it out. Oh, and then, uh, what's her name? She says... Uh, Kathy Bates? Yeah, Annie. She says this really funny line. Uh, she's, he's reading the, she's reading his new manuscript for his other book. It's not a misery book. And she says this really funny line. What does she say, Mom? She I says something that... I, I feel like you... Oh, the swearing bothers me. Oh, yes. Sorry, the swearing bothers me, yeah. Um, which is why I had you constantly repeat it uh, mm. earlier. Um, and then I wrote in my notes, it's just mom. It's uh, not mom. Eh, when she said the swearing bothers me, you're supposed to be kind of like... Okay, whatever. Because it's, it's about to get, like, really weird because she, like, starts to scream at him and... Like, immediately. Like, almost... Yeah. Really quickly, she would um, but I couldn't stop laughing because it's kind of funny because it really is, it, it's, it's a character, to me, it's a characterized version of you. She's very sweet and then, and She's you, not very sweet. But, She's a creepy weirdo. But it's kind of like. I am not a creepy weirdo. No, I get that. But like, you know, it's, it's like when you see a movie, it's like, hey, that reminds me of so-and-so. Except, you know, they're, they're an alien or something. There's negative parts to this character. Hey, what, if, if you guys are listening, what you can't see is my face because. Ruben is okay. comparing me to a creepy weirdo. Okay, and, okay. And then but my then face I wrote, is like then this. they have a very they have a very similar argument to the one we had in the Reservoir Dogs episode. What was? Oh yeah. Where he's like, no, it's necessary. And she's like, it's not necessary. You don't use that language. And then she starts yelling at him about how she went to the bank and said, "But I just want have an 
effing this, but she, it's funny because she doesn't say the word. She nope. says effing. Right. Um, she only says three swears the whole movie. Two of them in that scene, one of them later. Right. Um, but she is and they're really... not, they're not normal. Does that make sense? Right. They're very obscure. They're, she's swearing, and I did air quotes, but it's like, it's not, you're effing trash. Like, it's, it's, it's weird. A very awkwardly the way she says it, yeah. because she doesn't say it, you know? Um, yeah, I then wrote, make a joke about how hoping Rick Springfield never vacations near us, um, because then you'll capture him. <laughs> No. That, okay, that I was like, wait, what? Uh, no, there will be no yeah, capturing be like, or kidnapping. I'm your number one fan. No, Rick Springfield. I, I will never ever say that I'm anyone's number one fan. Except for Rick Springfield. No, I'm no. I'm um, good. Buster got super close to finding Paul's car. Yes. Uh, I loved that. I loved. I, I like, mean, they do that all the time in movies. Just a little bit more. Um, so good. She's starting to slip up with her lies. So then it cuts back to Paul, and she's mentioning the phone, or she's mentioning this, and he goes, oh, phone lines are open? She's like, uh, and she has to, like, recover. Well, but she didn't really lie, because she said, not mine, because she doesn't have one. Exactly, which was very interesting, which, yeah. Um, And then, uh, where is it? Big smelly pig runs in. Uh, this big brown this big smelly pig. pig. We don't know if it's smelly unless you have smell of vision. Oh, I just, I just, you could just tell this is a big. I it's just like love a this farm pig. This big stupid pig runs in, and I okay. I really thought this pig was gonna have more to the plot. Right. I thought something was gonna happen with this pig. Nah. Well, and I was a little surprised that she named the pig Misery because I honestly thought she would name the pig Paul. No. Do you want to know why she named the pig Misery? It's explained in the book. Oh, did you read the book? No. Oh, here's the thing. So me and Alicia went and saw Puddle's Pity Party, who is a six foot seven clown, and he sings songs, and he's very sad, but it's very good. And we got there early. We're in, it was in Santa Cruz, and we go, we went to the bookstore. Alicia loves to read, and they go, well, pick up a book. And I was go, well, I could get Misery. That way I could read the book and also watch the movie. Or, you know, there's this book, it's based on some or some BBC show now with Elijah Wood, and Elijah Wood's on the cover, maybe I'll read that. Made no sense, I didn't get it. Oh, so you should have got Misery. It was by Douglas Adams, and Douglas Adams is way too smart for me. Oh, okay. And Alicia's like, no, you're smart, and I'm like, no, Douglas Adams is like British smart, I just don't get it. So you should have bought Misery. I should have bought Misery. Um, but the reason that she names the pig Misery is because she's going to kill, in the book she's, she plans to kill Paul and feed him to Misery, and then she's going to uh, use his skin to uh, bind her book. Ooh. Yay! Positivity! Ick. Um, she compares the Misery books to the Sistine Chapel, yes. which is something even he doesn't. He's like, really? The Sistine Chapel? Like, this is just these dumb books I... I yeah, he didn't he, even really want to write No, them. he gets stuck, which is something that a lot of authors do. That's why I wrote Look Up Dark Tower, because I was wondering, did, did did Stephen King write this a little bit after Dark Tower? Like, because Dark Tower, there's like a trillion books, and it's kind of like, I was like, did he get stuck writing the Dark Tower? I don't, I don't, I don't think know. so, because he, he then said this book is a little bit more, it's also about his substance abuse. And yeah, went, yeah okay, that makes that's, sense. Annie was based on his, his addiction, it yeah. was Annie. Yeah. Um, like, She's like, oh, and she's like standing in the room talking about her divorce. And he's like, yeah, huh? She's like kind of uncomfortable. And then you realize she's peeing into a jug. Right. And it's like. I know. I was like, what is he? Do? Oh, okay. Um, 
and then she's talking and she's getting very um, enthusiastic with her hand, which is she's so excited to go read the book. Right, she which goes, is I only of... have a couple chapters left, and I went, oh boy, yeah. oh boy, oh here we jar, go. And he's kind of looking at her like, oh, don't spill um, on me. All caps. The next couple things I have are in all caps. She just found out misery died. She called him a dirty bird. She's freaking out on him, calling him a murderer. She just revealed that you, she kidnapped him. If you, if I die, you die. Right. Um, I also really liked, there was a couple things I really liked. Um, she grabs a nightstand and smashes it above his head. I totally thought she was going to hit him with So it. did I. And then I remembered the clubfoot thing and I was like, ah, which I say clubfoot thing. I literally mean a club to a foot. Um, right. but I was like, no, I don't think that she's just going to beat up on him a bunch. Um, he tries to get off the bed, and the whole time I'm like, no, 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 do not get off that bed, because she leaves. Right. Like, to go into town for some reason. I'm like, do do not, do not get off that bed. Like, I, I just didn't trust it. Right. I thought it was going to reveal that someone else got in the car, you know what I mean? Right. So he gets to the door, and then it's locked. She locked him in the room. And then he lays down on the bed, or he lays down on the floor, and she comes back like nothing happened oh she's like oh i'm sorry you oh, fell pa- out oh yeah of bed. paul you silly like you fell out um and then he's like can i have a snack or whatever she goes yeah and she brings in a grill and <laughs> in it is his new manuscript and she goes you can't write this blah 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 blah. you have to write something better this isn't this isn't what and she pours gasoline all over but then also pours it on him as like yes. uh look if you don't do it you're going up um which I think she was bluffing. Huh. Because she calls him on bluffing. Because he's like, all my publishers already have it. Blah. She goes, I know they don't. Because blah, blah. I know everything about your life. And blah, blah, blah. I think she was bluffing. Because later, and she pours it on him. I don't think she would have lit him on fire. Because later, when Buster shows up. I mean, spoiler alert, but it's fine. When Buster shows up. Uh-huh. She says, oh, it's such a shame Paul Sheldon went missing. But I, you might think this is crazy. But I felt like God told me to continue Paul Sheldon's works. And to be like continue take over for paul sheldon and blah 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 and he she's trying to get him to read the book that paul wrote and she reads she's writing as paul but like she wouldn't be able to have that if she killed paul yeah i don't think that i i actually disagree with you on that part you don't think she was bluffing no i think she would have done it i i think with the she was trying to cover why was there because she couldn't, she couldn't run and change it all. So why is there a writer's studio? Why is there a giant pile of... Mm-hmm. So she was lying. Just lying, lying, oh, lying, yeah, lying, yeah. lying, 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 Well, there's she, that there's that really... I mean, we're jumping to the end real quick. But that's okay. there's that really good scene of where Buster's in the in the room where Paul's staying. And she goes, I'll go make you a hot cocoa. And she kind of goes. And they both kind of turn oh, yeah. and look at each other around the corner. And they're like, ha, <laughs> And like, they both know something's up. Um, here's why I think she's bluffing, though. Okay. So Paul lights the manuscript on fire. Yes. Then what happens? Nothing. She she reacts as a normal human being. Oh goodness! Oh heavens to Betsy! As it's on fire, you think that if she lit him on fire, she'd be like totally cool with that? Uh, no, but I think that if he refused, she would have set him on fire, and that would have been the end of the movie. You think? I, I mean, don't think so. I don't think she would have. Ca- I think she would have tried to keep him alive. Oh. Um. So. Because hello, she clubs his foot. I mean, I think right. she. So he's she, so then it kind of cuts to her. She's up in her room watching TV and drinking Coke like a normal human being, like right. nothing's going on. And he is like freaking out downstairs. Um, uh, 
She said then he's starting to not take his pills. He doesn't trust him. Right. Can I say something about the pills? Yeah. So, right, she's not, he's not going to take them. So he cuts a little slit in the bed. Yeah. And stick them in. Okay, so here's, you know, you're always going, well, what if, as many, every time that they showed him sticking the pills in the bed, the sheets were different. You don't think she would have noticed there was the slit? Yeah. That was my only that, thing that, that, like that she would have noticed. Especially because the thing with two is the penguin. Yes. She notices this dumb little penguin statue. That's facing the wrong way. Um. Anyway, um, no, yeah, I think Alicia said that too, where it was like the slit. Like, she changes the sheets. She's not going to notice the, um, so she's setting up his new studio, and she wants him to write a misery book where misery comes back from the dead, but it's for her, and it's going to be just for her, um, and then she, he's like, well, this is good, but this paper isn't the right paper. It smudges, and she flips out on him, and I was like, she's like, it's the most expensive paper, blah, blah. It's like, what's the wrong paper? Like, it's not his fault, but she's, like, freaking out. So he catches the... So then she leaves, and he breaks... He unlocks the door with a yep. hairpin, because he sees a hairpin. Because he's like, I wrote about it. How come I can't do it? Yeah. It was just funny. Yeah. And so then he then he's going through, and he sees the phone, and he goes into that room with the yes. phone. Picks it up. And he starts to dial it, and he doesn't hear anything, and he flips over, and there's nothing, because it's empty. It's hollow. Yep. It's just a shell. Uh, And then... Also, there was a picture of Liberace. Yes. I didn't get the whole Liberace. It's probably more explained in the books. She's like all about Liberace. Yeah. All right. I think he was he was probably like her first number one fan thing. Yeah, and then she locked him in a basement. Um, well, I don't know. But anyway. So then uh, he he's wheeling around the house trying to look. And every door I was like, the pig's going to run out. And he cannot wrangle the pig back. You know what I mean? Like, right. I was like, he's not going to be able to wrangle that pig back in. Like the pig, the pig, the pig. And so then um, he accidentally knocks over a penguin, like a ceramic penguin. Yes. And he puts it back, but it's facing the wrong way. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, like me and Alicia both noticed it. But, which is funny, so he caught it. So he catches it, but he doesn't catch that he put it back the wrong way. But later, then he finds the medicine room and he finds pills and the pills and he grabs a paper of them. And, or a sleeve of them. Right. But then he realizes that the ones behind him aren't in the same position, so he fixes that. Exactly. So he, I noticed that, too. He like, catches oh, yeah. that, and he thinks he's all on it, but he didn't. He already made a crucial mistake. Well, so, right. So he moves the penguin. He puts it back. He takes medicine. You don't think she's going to notice the giant knife he just took out of the kitchen? Yes and no. He didn't take the knife yet. That's the second time he goes out. He only goes out twice. Oh, yeah, you're right. The medicine is the first time. I'm so sorry. Whatever. Um, so they find the car. They think he's dead. And Buster notices that the car has pry marks on it. Yes. And he goes, if he crawled out... Then you don't need pry marks. You don't need pry marks if you're crawling out from the inside. So he empties the... So then Paul makes this paper envelope, and he's emptying the capsules into it, like the pills. Because yes. he's going to poison her. Because yes. he doesn't know what this medicine is, but enough of it will kill her, because it's anything. Right. Um... So he sits down and he starts to type. <laughs> and he just... This was so funny to me because of the whole thing of her already freaking out on the swears. You just... You hear him go... He's typing a bunch. He's typing a bunch. He's typing a bunch. I'm like, what's he typing? And it's just F word, F word, F word, F word, F word, F word, over yep, and over and, and over. Yep, whole line. Yep. Um, and I thought that was... I like... I laughed at that. I thought that was funny. Absolutely. Um, so then he really starts to write a story. And then Annie has criticisms with it. So he starts it again. 
and she, then she talks about this movie she saw as a kid and she felt cheated by a cliffhanger and she doesn't like cliffhangers. Okay. Like, I get it. It was just like, oh, she's, it was just more of... Of what a cuckoo bird she really, really was. I was not sure, like, with her whole thing of cliffhangers or not, you, there's, you shouldn't have a cliffhanger. I didn't get what she expected him to write. Well, no, because he started it. The he started the new book at the wrong spot. You can't yeah. you can't end a book and start it at a different spot. And that's what he was. She was saying it was all about the details. Um, see, he writes this phenomenal story. Uh, her dual personalities are insane. I wrote, he's gonna try to poison her. It's not gonna work. I wrote that before. Oh wow! So he goes, oh, we need a glass of wine or whatever to celebrate the book or whatever. And then he tries to poison her glass when she's out getting a candle, and she knocks it over on accident. On accident, because she's so... You think it was an accident? I do. I don't. Okay. Maybe. I don't. I... For how smart she is, she's like... And, okay, me and Alicia were talking about this, and I told you, too. To me, she's worse than Pennywise. She's way... Pennywise is creepy, and... She is, like, legitimately scary and frightening... Yes, she is. And, like, ugh. Um, so, then she talks about, oh, then the rain happens, and she comes in, and she's not normal. Her right. hair's kind of a mess. She's kind of a mess. She's down. She's down. She says, the rain makes her down. She says, I love you, Paul, and I know you won't love me, and I know you won't love me, and blah, blah, blah. And then just, you know, she just pulls a gun. She just pulls a gun out and says, you know, I think about using it. What do you think she's talking about when she says, I think about using it? Killing herself. That's what I thought. She's talking about herself or Paul? Herself. Then she, so then she leaves again, and Paul gets out in his wheelchair, and he goes through the memory book. She's killed people before to get her way. Yes. Who got in her way? She killed babies and got arrested. I didn't. I was like, whatever. Um, she comes back, and he goes to sleep or whatever, and she's just standing there and injects him with something. Yep. And then she, t- so then she tied him up, and she's like, "Hey, you sleepyhead or whatever," and. And she found everything he hid. She found the knife that he grabbed the second time. She found the thing that she was he was using to unlock the doors. Um, and then she talks about hobbling. Yes. And what hobbling is is when they break the ankles. In the book, she cuts his leg off, or his foot off. Ooh. They couldn't do that. Well, yeah, well, that's gross. Rob Reiner wanted to keep the gore down. Right. Okay, understandable. Yeah, because it's scary enough without a bunch of gore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This didn't need gore. Uh-uh. Absolutely. Like, it, it would have, yeah. yeah. So then, uh, both ankles. We see the one ankle. It's great. I mean, you see it just yeah. fold. It's fake. It's Obviously, it's a fake ankle. But still. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's wire and rubber. But, like, it looks pretty real. Right. Uh, and then Buster shows up because he sees that, I don't remember how, but he sees some connection, what? What he does is he gets the books because he's yeah. kind of putting it together he gets the books, and then he's reading the books, and then he sees this one quote, quote, and he writes it down, and then he's looking at newspapers, and then he sees that the nurse, who been arrested, that was her quote that she used, and he put it all together. And so then he goes to to Annie's house, and he yes. goes, "Mind if I check around?" She's like, "Yeah, I got nothing to hide." Like, and and she offers him cocoa. Yes. Was it poisoned? Yes. Yeah, it was totally poisoned. Absolutely poisoned, because she's like, oh, you haven't even had it. She was a little too pushy on the cocoa, and I think he knew that. Um, God told me to make up new Paul Sheldon books, I'm his replacement, 
and then he's about to leave him, and she, oh, by the way, she threw, like, she didn't throw him, but she kind of threw Paul Sheldon in the basement. Drugged him again. Drugged him again and threw him in the basement. So then he knocks over uh, gr- the grill that the manuscript was in, and the guy comes back, and he goes, Miss Wilkes, are you okay? Like, I, did you fall? Like, and he doesn't hear from me. He's like, hello? And then Paul Sheldon's like, I'm down here, help me! And he opens up the thing, and he's like, Paul Sheldon? And he Ka- sees it. Boom! <laughs> She shoots him with a shotgun. Yes. Out of nowhere. And then uh, Paul... Then she's going to do murder-suicide with Paul. And Paul says, I love you, and blah, blah, blah. And then for some reason, I remember why, she puts him back in the bed. He's going to he's gonna type, and he's going to write more. And then he smashes her with the... Uh, oh, also, we see him constantly lifting the typewriter. Like, yes. working his arm out. And he lifts it up and smashes her in the head. And he tries to, like... Well, yeah, but he sets the manuscript on fire first. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I didn't write that, but I wrote that in the yeah, notes. Yeah, because right in front of her, he's like... He's like, hey, here come here. go. And she says... He says, I learned it from you. Yeah. She goes, Paul, what are you doing? I learned it from you. And then she goes down to get the manuscript to put it out. And, and he smashes her. Uh, then I wrote... She calls him a bad word. Yes. Uh, which was the one of the only times... The third time that she says any bad words. Um... And then she like goes to go do something, and she trips and slams her head on the typewriter. Uh, and then he's like trying to go do something, and then she is not dead, and he slams her in the head with this like metal pig statue. Yeah, well, and, the, and he can't really go very fast. He's basically sliding yeah. with his arms across because his legs are useless. Mm-hmm. So. And then uh, 18 months later, he's writing the new book, and the new book is called The Higher Education of Philip J. Stone. I thought there was going to be something to that. There wasn't. Nope. Um, and it's a totally unrelated story. And then the he's meeting with the publisher, and she says, well, have you thought about doing nonfiction about what happened with, with Annie Wilkes? And he says, are you suggesting I exploit this horrible, horrible tragedy? She says, yeah. Um, and then he goes, you know, it's weird, but in some way I feel like Annie Wilkes helped me. Huh. And I was like, it obviously this came out long, long before what I'm about to say, but it was very reminiscent of Jigsaw. Now, the original, you've never seen Saw. You will eventually watch the first Saw, but it's this whole thing of like, so what Saw does Uh is the Jigsaw is like, let's say you're a guy and you're cheating on your wife. Okay. Okay. Well then, and this is a very crude and very rough thing. Then Jigsaw will be like, you'll wake up and you'll be in a warehouse and be like, where am I? And Jigsaw will be like, do you want to play a game? One of these is your wife, and one of these is your girlfriend. You can only save one. You have to like pull the trigger on the other. Yeah, it. it but it's kind of like that right. where it's testing. Okay. Like it, it. It's a test based on all these horrible things you've done and blah blah. That's kind of what I felt like he was talking about with right, her. Like, exactly. like it was like, look. I think like, you're right. And then of course the waitress comes up and is like, "Are you Paul Sheldon?" I'm your I'm, number one fan. I'm your, yeah, I'm your number one fan. And I was like, nice. Dude probably never wants to hear that phrase ever again. Yeah. It was okay. So rate it. <sighs> buy it, rent it, throw it in the trash. Yes. I say buy it. It's a good one. Yeah, it's it's super good, and and it really was a fun kind of spooky Halloween movie because it's not a monster movie. It is a monster movie, but Annie Wilkes is, is the monster. Yeah, you are. Um, hey. Also, I believe I was reading this. I didn't double check my facts on this, but in the Lego Batman movie, in the Phantom Zone, there are all these bad guys from other movies. There's the Gremlins. Uh-huh. There's a bunch of other things. There's the dinosaur from Jurassic Park. Some of the cut characters were Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York okay. and Annie Wilkes from Misery. There you go. 
What what would a Lego Annie Wilkes do? She would have a... Um, a little sledgehammer and just yep. walk around and yep. knock their little Lego pants off or whatever. Yep. That's exactly what she would do. And off their little body parts would go. Um, no, I loved it. I thought this was fun. This uh, was a good one. I mean, halfway through, I was like, I want to know the connection. You know what I mean? Guys, yeah. Where does this fit? Um, it was it was really fun. I really... No, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, all right, so that's it. So next... Uh, so a couple things. Well, lots of things. We have a Patreon. Yes. We have a Zazzle. Yes. Well, Patreon can test another. Okay. Also, Kevin has restarted his page. He's doing a Patreon for his YouTube channel and for his podcasting and blah 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 blah. Uh, he, you know how you can have pat- goals on Patreon. Well, yes. if we make this much, he, his goal is fifty-one dollars a month. Okay. Because this is legitimately what it says in the what this means fiscal. My friend Ruben has a Patreon, and he makes $50 a month, and I want to make more than him. That's funny. So um, thank you to our sponsors, by the way. Yeah, thank you to our Patreon. Uh, speaking of which, we do have a Patreon this month. Yes, we do. It, it's a new subscription. It's from Diane. Thank you, Diane. Our number our, uh, our number one fan. Well, yeah, but not in a creepy way. Not in a creepy way, because it's Grandma. And my mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> not creepy. Not creepy. Um, let me see. Uh, so we have a Patreon uh, we really do appreciate everyone. Even if you gave to the Patreon a little bit and then stopped, hey. Welcome to life. Well, it's yeah, no, no, that's I'm better saying, than nothing. Yeah, we like, appreciate we, it either way. That's awesome, yeah. You, oh, you, I wasn't trying to be rude. No, I know you weren't. But it's like, hey, you. I'm not, but I'm saying like, you gave us anything. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, we really do appreciate that. Um, uh, we also have a Zazzle, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E dot com slash K-T-M-A show. You can buy shirts. I still got to send Brandon that one. Yes. So it's Z A Z Z L E. Why say it like dot that? com? Because Why that's how you do it, and you didn't do it that way. You said it really fast. Because there's because it's Zaz. Because okay, when someone just says Zazzle, you're like, well, how do you spell Zazzle? No, but it's the way you say it. Z A Z Z L E. Yes, but look, watching you, it's very. Yeah. Okay. Um. What else we got? We got a Facebook. We got a Twitter. Yes. Uh, we got our computer back. Yay! Yay! Thanks, Dell. Not really. Thanks for nothing, you dorks. That's right. Oh, so I'll I'll tell this really quick story about how great Dell is. Um, so they told me when I sent in my computer that everything would get wiped. Okay. Yes. I'd get all my hardware, and I said, "Fine, whatever, just fix it." They said nothing would be. And I said, "That's fine." So I get it back, and I have to reset up all the stuff. And it goes, "Great, you're not ready to use your computer." And I turn it on. And what is staring me in the face is my wallpaper? Me. Me, Alicia, and Teller, which was my wallpaper before I sent it in. And I went, huh, maybe all my other stuff is still there. Nope. nope. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Dell. Yeah, they decided to save your, your screensaver, so but none of your important stuff. I sent them another message on Twitter. I said, hey, real quick, just a quick question. Uh, what about this? Like, is this normal? Here's what they should have said. Yes, it's very normal. It's something that's saved on the hard drive that we cannot erase. Instead, what they did say, say was, well, send us that reference number and we can look into it and blah, 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 blah. Just tell me if it's a normal thing. Yeah. Just don't, because by saying, well, now send us this reference number and we can look into it, that's now just making me more frustrated with you. Right. Because it shows it's something you have not dealt with before and that somebody made an oopsies. Well, right? here's what I think. I think someone saw it and thought, oh, that's really important and they decided to keep it. We're going to give that person the benefit of the doubt. Okay, so yeah, but those files, those on those the files weren't important, but the picture of um, you with 
The guy is important. <laughs> the guy. I can't remember their names. Um, it's either Pet or Teller, but I can't teller, remember who. Because he doesn't who. talk. Uh, so we got. We did Patreon. We did the. Uh, yes, but so next week's episode. Well, hold on. Oh. We have an email. Oh, that's right. KTMAshow at gmail.com. So we have an email. It is from Don. I wrote my own email? It's not from you. I know. It says, Hi, Don, Ruben, and Theodore the dog. So I've listened for a while, a few thoughts, a few things. You make me smile, so thanks for that. And she said, I hate when they, in quotes, spell my name like D-O-N instead of D-A-W-N. Mom can't stand that. That drives me crazy. Uh, We are not boys. And she said, I seriously giggled more than I should have when you mentioned cars, quesadillas, and burritos. It was so funny. A coworker looked my way, and then I had to explain why I was (laughs) laughing. Which I love. I love that somebody had to be like, sorry, there's an an adult man that's really upset about cars. (laughs) Yeah, the explanation she must have had to do. Coworker's like, First things first. Hi, Dawn. Thanks for writing us. Thanks for listening, Dawn. Yeah, we appreciate the email. Um... And then, I definitely enjoy the show. Your relationship is fun to listen to. And Dawn, you're so sweet. You must be the best preschool teacher. Uh, here's a theme idea. Favorite parody film. Keep up the good work. Love what you're doing. Dawn. Thanks, Dawn. Oh, we also got another email. It's from Ruben. He says, <laughs> hey, Ruben, you're amazing. You're so funny and smart and talented and handsome. You're the best. The end. Uh, <laughs> from me. <laughs> No, it's fun to get emails. Yeah, no, I love getting emails. So um, the parody is a good idea. You and I had to talk about that because I was like, I don't know any parody films. And then, and then I was we, like, Yes, you yes, do. Yes, you do. Um, so, so we yeah, will. We'll put. That we're definitely going to add that. Uh, add that to our ideas. Ideas. Um, so next week, the th- is there a theme? Yes. The th- well, I know the Patreon is a Patreon subscription, but is the theme teachers? Teachers. Teacher-student relationships. Teacher-student relationships. Yes, and there were two specific movies that yes, Diane the, picked for us. because that was the, the Patreon, so right. I will be watching... There you go. Goodwill Hunting. Yes, and yes. I will be watching Mr. Holland's Opus. Is that not about penguins? It's not... No, that's... No, that's Mr. Somebody's Penguins. No. That's not Mr. Holland's Opus? No. I think that's kind of like Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium and that Dr. Parnassus movie where everyone just thought they were the same because they had weird names. Exactly. Remember no, Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium? I do. With I Dustin that. Hoffman. That movie made me cry. It's a very sad movie. Um, Natalie Portman. But anyway, Is she in that movie? Yeah. She plays the girl. Oh, Kermit the Frog's in that movie. Oh, I didn't know that. So anyway, so we're going to watch these movies. Thank you, Diane, um, Mom, for... Giving us this suggestion and being a yeah, Patreon, we I'm really appreciate I'm excited for this. It. This will be a fun episode. Yeah, for we'll sure. watch both of them. I'll watch both of them. Yeah, I, seen... I legitimately thought Mr. Holmes' opus was about penguins. So no, it's a teacher student. Now, have you seen either of these movies? No. Oh, this will be good for you then. Yeah, I've seen Mr. Holmes' opus. I don't think I've seen all of the Matt Damon film. I forgot the name of it. Already. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Hey, and like it's got. Apples. Do you know who else is in it? Batman. And who else? Who plays the teacher? The guy from Bicentennial. <laughs> yeah, Robin Williams. So. Do you think anyone's ever referred to him as the guy from Bicentennial Man? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you know, who's that guy in that new um, Disney movie about, like, the genie? It's the guy from Bicentennial Man, right? <laughs> They're like, Mer. So, anyway, well, that's right. it for us. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, have a good one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.